BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A new statewide public health order means that starting next month, all healthcare workers and state employees will be required to provide proof of a COVID vaccination to their employers. If they don't provide that proof, they'll have to get regularly tested. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. These employees, including both public and private health care workers, must show proof of vaccination with a physical card or a code from the California Department of Public Health. If workers can't or won't, they'll have to get tested one to two times per week and wear a mask. Governor Gavin Newsom. We're exhausted by the politicalization of this pandemic, and it needs to be called out. It's a choice to live with this virus. You don't have a choice to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else's lives at risk. This also applies to workers in jails, nursing homes, homeless shelters, dentists' offices, and other private businesses. Here's Newsom again. And we hope this example of public and private leadership as it relates to vaccine verifications and or mandated testing will lead to others to replicate this example in the private sector. In the past, employees were allowed to simply say whether they were or were not vaccinated. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. The new rules will affect about 246,000 state employees alone, and private employers outside of health care are being encouraged to adopt similar standards. And a terrible incident in the Central Valley. A family and a Kern County Sheriff's deputy are dead following a shooting in the city of Wasco over the weekend. Valley Public Radio Sarith Hawk reports. The standoff Sunday lasted hours and ended when authorities say the armed suspect climbed the roof of the Wasco home and was shot and killed. Five people died, including a mother and her two sons, in addition to the suspect. Sheriff Donnie Youngblood got emotional during a news conference Monday as he spoke about notifying the family of his colleague, 35-year-old Deputy Philip Compass, who sustained fatal injuries during the confrontation. I can tell you they're devastated, as we are. Uh, this is um, was a star. Local deputies answered a call on Sunday in response to shots fired in a Wasco home. Compass was one of the SWAT team members called in to assist the officers after the situation escalated. Deputy Philip Compass and Deputy Desander Guerrero were hit by the suspect's rounds, and two other deputies were wounded by shrapnel. Compass died later at the hospital. Deputy Guerrero has since been released. As of Monday evening, the suspect was believed to be the father of the family killed in the home. Investigators are looking into a restraining order issued against the suspect to better understand how he obtained firearms under the order. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. It's become a seasonal tradition in California. Homes burn down, and then we hear stories of resilience. Fire victims promising to rebuild and to recover. But once the smoke clears, they learn that can be a very difficult process. One that can take years, and that's if they can even afford to stick it out. From KCRW in Santa Monica, Kaylee Wells reports on those who've stayed in burned areas and those who've left. Kat Merrick thought she'd be back home by now. She lost her Ventura home in the 2017 Thomas Fire, the largest fire in Southern California history. She says it's still hard to talk about almost four years later. It was just devastating. You're in shock and not only knowing that your house is gone, but that I would say over 100 friends and that I know lost everything as well that night. Merrick sent in her building plans three years ago and is still waiting on Ventura County to approve them. And while she waits, she's living out of a mobile home on her property. But even that took two and a half years to get approved. Before that, she was in an RV. Merrick says she'll end up paying for a lot of her house out of pocket because she, like so many others, was underinsured. That can happen if you buy a property and you don't update the insurance policy as the property value goes up. So if you bought a home for $500,000 and decades later it burns down and is worth a million, you're still insured for a $500,000 home. It's been a, a nightmare. And I hear stories from so many others that are in the same boat we are and they're just, some have given up. And if you're renting, giving up can sometimes feel like the only option. That is the difficult choice that Desiree McAleer faced after the Valley Fire in 2015 up in Northern California. For my own healing, I needed to move. And I tell people it's like an abusive situation. So if you're in an abusive relationship, you leave that abusive relationship. The Valley Fire moved so fast, McAleer never got an evacuation notice. Her neighbor didn't get out in time and died. Her employer owned the home and the property insurance gave her a few thousand for everything she lost inside the home. But she jumped from couch to couch for a year before she picked up her life and moved to Southern California. Dave McLaughlin lives in Malibu Lake, the farthest west corner of L.A. County, which was devastated by the 2018 Woolsey Fire. Sitting on the porch of his home that did survive, he says of the roughly 200 homes around Malibu Lake, 55 burned. I don't think one has been fully rebuilt yet. I think there's, uh, I'm looking around the lake right now, counting one, two, three, four down the lakeside, five, probably seven underway, seven of those 55. For homeowners like Kat Merrick back in Ventura, even if she's living in a burn scar, it's worth the rebuild. You can see the ocean 
Um, and also then turn your the other direction and you're looking at the topotopas in the evening as the sun sets, you know. And as we've been told by friends that are in the real estate business, you'll never find a property like that again in, in Ventura County. You just won't. You won't. And now that more people can work remotely, more people are moving into these fire-prone areas. Wildfire is a bigger part of life for Californians than it's ever been. But even as the state gets drier and the chance of wildfire rises, some Californians will continue to reconstruct and roll the dice again. For The California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. And that's The California Report for Tuesday, July 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and talk tomorrow. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing defendable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.